Moncrief on News Talk with Avant Money. Money when you need it with Avant Money credit cards. Avant Card Dark Trading is Avant Money is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Time for TV on the radio. Let's find out how you guys did. They gave me a sword to do this. <laughs> Zero safety training with it. They literally just said, you'll be using a sword. Uh, there it is. Andrew. Yes. You seem pretty confident. I do. You picked number six. I did? All right, let's find out. Is it cake? That is not cake. That is a taco. That's Is It Cake? All episodes of season one now streaming on Netflix. James Dempsey joins us once again. Uh, Funny enough, James, I've seen many um, episodes of this because funny when you go into into the Netflix app, it's on the adult one and the kids one. Gotcha. I have a six-year-old who loves this show. (laughs) And do you? Uh, the, The cake bit is quite impressive. Yeah. The main issue for me, the host. Yeah. Oh my god! So he's Mikey Day, um, and you—he—he's kind of like a bit player. Maybe that's really insulting, but he is, in my mind, as a casual viewer of SNL, and by that I mean whatever goes viral that weekend on mm. a Sunday morning and have a look at. He's like an SNL, an SNL cast member for a long time. Uh, but would I be able to have named him before this show? Absolutely not. Right. And the funny thing about this is it is a total and utter rehash of what was a TikTok trend, I think, about a year ago where people were making these, you know, uh, cakes that looked like real objects. And it was, I think it's been a challenge even on Bake Off a couple of times to do this as well. But the whole thing actually spins off from a Japanese um, show, which is called Sokuri Sweets and uh, is billed internationally because the you know the the like the RTE of Japan I can't remember what it's called makes it and is trying to sell the format around the world with some of the worst photoshopping I have ever seen <laughs> on its website. It's billed internationally as candy or not candy, and that is um I I think that's a more funny show because in it they get the celebrities to literally take bites of things right. <laughs> so like there's a really famous gif of this guy biting a door handle. And it's coming off as a piece of chocolate in his mouth. Uh, but other people bite t- a table leg or something like that. And it's a bit more fun to watch them sort of tentatively get their gnashers around. Mm, <laughs> what yeah. may or may not break them. So this time around, um, it comes from the same producers as... as uh, What is that baking one called? The... Um, Bake Off? No, no, no. The the one where they make terrible uh, cakes. Uh, Nailed It, sorry. Yeah, right. Excuse yes. me. Which, yeah. it, it, which in its, it comes from uh, Nailed It, which in of itself is also like a, a spun off from virality on the internet. And it is definitely in that wheelhouse in the sense that um, it's shot very similarly. The uh, cast of celebrity judges they get to come in who all seem to have a Netflix gig (laughs) (laughs) to get mentioned at some point uh, are are cut from the same cloth as the people you would get on on Nailed It. And it is similar in style in the sense that it's also about cakes. But obviously the metric here, or sorry, the rubric of the competition is they have gathered from uh, Instagram fame and Instagram virality, and I imagine TikTok as well, uh, nine pastry chefs, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. whose job is to, uh, you know, to be whittled down to three each episode and then make something that looks like something else. 
And credit where it's due, the cakes look really, really, really good. Mm. Now, I don't want to eat any of them. <laughs> right? And they go to great lengths at the beginning of their tortuous eight-hour process of putting it together, while the others are in the quote-unquote gallery, which is like three chairs to the side watching yeah. on. And I could think of nothing worse than sitting in a, like... TV studio for eight hours watching someone bake a cake. They go to great efforts to talk about the kind of cake they're making and like, uh, you know, uh, uh, chocolate and coffee and funfetti and all this like nonsense. And really, none of these cakes are appetising because that's not what they're supposed to be. They're supposed to look like real objects. And certainly, I, I will say, they do. My main issue with it, and it's not, and this is me like splitting hairs because on the whole, like, I think this is a perfectly fine diverting piece of reality TV competition, right? There's nothing amazing about it. There's nothing bad about it. It's funny to watch these cakes get made. The episodes, and I know I want to say this a lot, could maybe be only 25 minutes long and everything would be a little bit neater. Mm. But my main issue with it is, so when they when they do the final kind of competition part, which is where they um, get the celebrity judges to... In, in 20 seconds, I think, or it might be only 10 seconds, guess which one of the five is the cake. These camera zooms right in on the cake, right? Mm. So we can kind of tell, as a viewer, often which one is the cake. Could you? I couldn't tell the difference at all. The the <laughs> yeah, the, the hat one, the elephant one. The, uh, yeah, I thought there, were, there was one that was a chess set. Okay, well, the, oh, the, I thought they were really good. I thought I the hat one. I, well, especially because he had said he was making the grommets, so yeah. we had been teased towards that. But okay, maybe I maybe I'm being a bit vainglorious. You probably here. a better telly than I do. Maybe that's probably maybe. what it is. But but the the judges are a good like twenty feet thirty feet yeah. away from them, which makes it an awful lot harder to tell. And the funny thing is, as we are watching it, like it's like this in nailed it as well, right? We're watching the you know the procedural part of it, the putting together of the cake. But they don't want to uh, you know reveal too much of it either because they want it to be a big reveal when the stage mm. does its turny bit. And and um, therefore, we're kind of getting snippets of what they're doing, which also make it, makes it sometimes a bit easier to spot the cake in the sense that with the hat one, which was this bucket hat, we knew what colour he was making the hat. So yeah, that also made yeah. it slightly easier to pick it out. But But those are minor complaints because what is there to complain about, right? The format is exactly what it says in the title. Is it cake, right? Mm. This, the cooks are, the chefs, the pastry, you know, I'm not sure what, the bakers are all really good at their job. They are kind of annoying uh, <laughs> Americans <laughs> oh, wannabe yeah. celebrity types. <laughs> um, well, there's one bloke who keeps going on about, he, you know, he doesn't have a partner. Uh, he seems to be just pitching <laughs> for, for, for a lover every week. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> like, come on, stop now. Yeah. But, but like on the whole... It's like Nailed It, right? Mm. Nailed It is a show that I think is grand. It's the kind of show where I start watching, uh, you know, and I might watch three or four or five of the eight episodes and then just forget about it. Yeah, yeah. Right? But it's not with any malice. I think it's grand. I think if if you like it, I think you will really, really like it. And for me, it's grand. Yeah. No, they, well, my daughter, like, loves the bit yeah. where you have to guess. Okay. Uh, and it's a good make, competition for her. Good, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good competition for her. It's just, uh, and she doesn't, she's too young to find Mikey Day uh, really painfully annoying. But, like, he essentially makes terrible dad jokes. Yeah. And everybody has to go, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> uh, and, you know, as tumbleweed blows through the, the and studio. It, and it's stupid for me to say on live radio, 
like he's got a terrible voice and open the open the floodgates to anything bad. I know, but he in. does, yeah. yeah. But he just does. Yeah, and all the gurney as well. Right. Anyway, that's uh, that's is it cake. Uh, our next show is Shining Vale. New episodes every Sunday on Stars Play. Here's a clip. Living room, dining room, family room, no basement, but the attic has plenty of storage. I'm going to be using the attic as my writing annex. Oh, you're a writer. Anything I might have read or seen? Did you ever read Cressida Unbound? That was Pat's first novel. I'm hoping that being out in the country is going to help me find my muse again. Oh, these old ladies have plenty of stories to tell. They're just going to leave this piano, huh? Used to tickle the ivories at college I went to Penn. Dead. Yeah, I have a question. It's it's really cold in here. Does the heat work? Uh, should be. Right, that's uh, Shining Vale. How Stars Play, where do you get that even? So Stars Play is a kind of like extra streaming service uh, that you can buy or, or download on an Apple TV or through Apple TV Plus. Or I think you can do it on, on um, Amazon Prime Video as well as a little add-in extra thing. And I think it costs about five euros a month or maybe 25 euros for six months. And uh, it is like, (laughs) uh, you know, it's a they are actually beginning to produce original content. So their biggest hit to date is Outlander with Katrina Balfe, you know, uh, that made for stars the channel. They also broadcast or or they have the rights to to stream, I guess is more the right verb. Um, Station Eleven, which is a really excellent uh, post-apocalyptic. Oh yeah, uh, I read that drama. book. Yeah, and very good story. Made for HBO, but bizarrely mm. not on Sky Atlantic. A couple of things I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not privy to the rights situations of everything. A couple of Sky Atlantic things go to stars, but this is a big original um, for them, and it is, it has, you know, good pedigree attached to it in the sense that it's created, co-created by Sharon Horgan and a guy named Jeff Astroff who was a writer on Friends in the 90s and left Friends and has been like a, you know, been a very successful writer on a lot of comedies. Um, and his biggest hit in big inverted commas is Trial and Error, which was this two season uh, sitcom. I think that is a bit of a cult hit, which is not the kind of hit anyone wants. Right? <laughs> um, but he here reunites with Courtney Cox, uh, who plays Pat who is a writer, a kind of an E.L. James, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey style writer who has writer's block. She's married to Greg Kinnear and their marriage is in turmoil because she had an affair. And in order to rectify it, uh, they move to this house in Connecticut, which has lay dormant for five years and they bought for 200 grand below the asking price. And things begin to go bump in the night very early on. Now, the thing about this is I was watching an interview with uh, Jeff Astroff on, on YouTube last week. And he was saying that he, what he wants to now be his calling card is to be a genre bending writer. So Trial and Error was the sitcom he wrote about, um, I think, two murder trials. Each season was a murder trial with a different kind of big name star at, as as the uh, as the, the person on trial. Right. Mm. Um and he, there he blended sitcom tropes with legal drama tropes. And here he's aiming to do the same with horror and sitcom. And ultimately, my issue... Well, first of all, I didn't know that going in. Yeah. Right? Okay. I was expecting it to be this much more... Um, Sharon Horgany type thing. Yes, from what like said. snarky. Yeah. And, but I, I mean that in a positive way. Yes, right? yeah. But like kind of, uh, you know, uh, have an edge to it. Mm. And it does have an edge and a lot of cursing. Actually, the clip I ultimately cut there... <laughs> 
<laughs> was like the only one I could find <laughs> where I didn't have to do about 50 beeps. Um, and it is, it has, you know, it, it's quite visceral and violent or bloody rather sometimes. But it also, it looks cheap, even though I know it actually wasn't. He describes oh. how making it, you know, it, it got like a... He describes how uh, how expensive it was to produce, but it, to me it just doesn't. And when, um, so the ghost form comes in the form of Oscar winner Mira Sorvino, who plays this 50s housewife ghost who's sort of haunting the house, and which is no spoiler at all, by the way. And um, when she arrives and it sort of begins to lean into this sort of uh, horror trope uh, sitcom style, it like it turns it up to 11 in the sense that everything is like a jump scare and and the music is clanging and the angles are you know the camera is like switched to dutch angles mm. to be for, just for, as far as i can tell for no just to hype it up to make it even more more and more scary and it doesn't work it's actually just very 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 distracting and annoying to have your tv going like absolutely mad in the corner the other thing about it is, like, it wears its horror uh, trappings on its sleeve completely. So obviously, it's called Shining Veil. It's about a wash. It's about a writer who is having marriage problems and is a recovering alcoholic and has mental health issues. Which, if that sounds like The Shining, they literally have the carpet pattern on the <laughs> curtains. Uh, it, it references lots of other uh, scary movies, horror movies, which you know is absolutely fine but at the expense of really developing its own identity, right? Mm. And then, so that sort of, it fails a little bit on the horror side. And then when it comes to the sitcom side, I guess I wasn't expecting it to be as quite sitcom-y as it has turned out to be. So it caught me unawares, but not necessarily in a good way <laughs> either, right? In the sense that I, I can't say I found it particularly scary and I can't say I found it particularly funny. And I also think Courtney Cox is quite an interesting, like, actress to look at because you know I, I grew up in the ni- I was a real 90s kid right I'm a total millennial elder maybe but still I I watched Friends every Monday at 9 o'clock when it was on RT2 for the 10 years that it was on and looking back even to this day if I sit down and an episode is on Courtney Cox is brilliant in Friends she's really funny and she's never for my two cents been ever been able to sort of recapture whatever she had going on in the 10 year run mm. she had on Friends now, she doesn't need it she made like about a billion dollars doing mm. it right but um, here yeah here she seems unsure there are a few moments and a few times where she really sparkles or she really delivers a line but the rest of the time I'm just not convinced by her and and that's a shame when you are building a show around her. Yeah, that is a shame. Yeah. And all the kind of overton-up frenetic uh, activity in terms of the horror aspect yeah. of it, is it maybe a parody of the horror genre? I would say it it is definitely leaning in leaning towards parody, but the problem is this is also trying to have its cake and eat it. <laughs> is it cake? It's trying yeah, to have yeah. its cake and eat it too, right? In the sense that it wants to be scary. In the interview I saw with him, he said, you know, like uh, Jeff Astroff said, he's never really seen a, a horror movie that is uh, also really funny, which I think is a very stupid thing to say because I can count about ten horror movies that I've seen <laughs> that are really funny. And and uh, here it just it's a bit of a swing and a miss for me, and I would be extremely surprised uh, if it gets the second season. But Sharon Organ doesn't need to worry; she's got a big Disney plus or a big Apple TV plus show oh, coming God, down. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, right, our third show is Alma's Not Normal. That's running on Mondays at nine PM on RTE Two, or you can catch up on the RTE Player. Here's a clip. Late. <sighs> no hat. I know. I'm sorry because I. I overslept, I was on the back foot, I ran out, I forgot the hat, dashed, late, sorry. Now, you know what I should do, don't you? I should finish off that half face.
fuck's sake. That's what I should do. But I'm going to be kind to you. But it's not kind, is it, Greg? Because if you finish that half face, that completes the three sad faces, and then you'll have to let me go. And you'll have no one to work for free on the degrading list of tests you've set for me under the condescending title of sandwich artist. Will you, Greg? Right, this sounds a bit more low-key. Yeah. Uh, almost <laughs> perhaps something Sharon Horgan might have made. True, and it, it, is, it's, um, it is a hidden gem. And uh, I, I only happened upon it because I, I, I'm striving to always find something on terrestrial free TV because the last two you have to pay. Well, you have mm. to pay for your terrestrial TV as well, but but you have to pay extra for streaming, right? And this um, was a sitcom, it, a one season sitcom that ran on the BBC, I think, in 2021. And the pilot, it, it's written, it, it's very semi-autobiographical. It's written by and stars a woman named Sophie Willen, who is from Bolton, uh, who uh, grew up going, you know, go, going in and out of care because her mother was a heroin addict. And when she wanted herself to become, uh, you know, a performer and an actress and a writer, comedian, she began escorting as a way to finance her, uh, her, her creative ambitions. And the sitcom follows a 30-something woman in Bolton whose mother is a heroin addict and who goes into escorting to support her life. And uh, certainly, uh, you know, I will say Sophie Willen lived that life and writes it extremely well. I am so surprised that this is on RT at at 9pm, which admittedly is post-Watershed, but it is like F-words galore, right? Mm. Everywhere. And it is, you know, it's about sex work, so it has a lot of sex scenes in it. Mm. And it is uh, it is not for the faint-hearted and certainly it is not family viewing. I wouldn't have been watching it in the 90s <laughs> with my mother like I was with friends. But um, it is very, I think it is a real hidden gem. I saw it described in uh, somewhere as Phoenix Nights that, you know, the, the Peter K. Bolton mm. show meets Fleabag. And, you know, I I, I pity any female uh, comedian who now releases a, a sitcom because it's forever going to be compared to Fleabag. Yeah. But it's not an entirely unapt um, description either. I really, really liked the three episodes of it that I have have seen. It is funny. It is dark at times. It has a good edge to it. But it is never far from a really unsurprising or a really sort of uh, shocking take your breath away joke. And it is well worth seeing. Yeah. And and why only one series of it then? So it was made... um, I think it, it began just around the pandemic and the pilot episode, actually, that uh, Sophie Willen wrote, she went on to win the BAFTA for Best Comedy Writing for that. The show was very, very well reviewed when it came out. It trended on Twitter when it debuted on BBC Two and I searched high and low for any whiff of a second season and uh, none could be found. Oh, okay. So, I don't know, maybe maybe it is coming down the pipeline. I, you know, I can't say with any certainty that it is it is dead and buried. But um, I hope not. That sounds uh, well worth checking out. So the three shows that uh, James has been talking about today are Is It Cake? Uh, season one streaming on Netflix. Shining Vale, uh, new episodes every Sunday on Stars Play. And Alma's Not Normal, which you can get at 9pm on RT2. Or you can catch up on the RT player. No doubt you'll be in next week with uh, having had a weekend of uh, or a few days of uh, watching stair bonking on, on Bridgerton. <laughs> so we can look forward to that. James Dempsey, thanks a million. Thanks. Moncrief on News Talk with Avant Money. Money when you need it with Avant Money credit cards. Avant Card DAC trading as Avant Money is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.